Welcome to the Act 4 Podcast, your go-to post-movie podcast. It's a podcast about movies. My name's Peyton. We got Connor over here. Hey, how you doing? And we got Joe in the corner. Hello, hello, hello. This week, we are continuing our Summer of Star Wars series. We're talking about the sequels. This week, we're talking about The Last Jedi. Ooh. Um, as we as we said last week, this is the most controversial of all the Star Wars movies. So, so let's let's talk about uh, what makes this movie kind of controversial and like what our personal opinions are after watching it and watching all these movies in order. Um, so let's bef- I think before we start, we should kind of talk about why this movie's controversial. Mm-hmm. So what do what do you guys think or believe are what makes this movie controversial? Um, it, there, it, you can just name the obvious, <laughs> just just for all the viewers that might not be familiar, or listeners, not viewers. And if you haven't watched this movie, I mean, go you watch want, this movie. You want me to kind like, of just like rattle off some stuff, or what do you yeah, want? Yeah, yeah, just ahead. go. Just go ahead, go rattle it off. Quick, quick little roast session, if, if, you, um, if you must. Most people hate what they did with Luke's character. Rose's mm-hmm. character sucks. Those they the kill off, <laughs> yeah. They kill off Snoke without ever explaining really who he is. So his whole death is just kind of meaningless and doesn't really do anything. Yeah, and then like it, and then in episode nine, they're just like, oh, but it was important, and it's just like, oh, whatever. That's like the big three things for me. Those, I think those, yeah, those. Three even though I don't, re- even though I don't really get, I don't get one of them. I don't agree with the Luke thing, but. I, I disagree with the Luke and Snoke, but I agree with Rose. I think Rose, first of all, is the most agreed upon problem with this movie. And it's I not agree. the it's not the not the actress, uh Kelly Marie Tran, I believe is her name. Nothing against uh, it's, her. It's nothing against her and her performance. It's just like her character. Um and just her character arc is really weird in this movie. Um so we'll talk about that today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say one thing is that I, I personally agree with Luke. I don't really like Luke's character in this movie. and That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> come on now. Come on. You knew this. You knew this coming in. I don't think you're supposed to like Luke's character in this movie. Yeah, I know, but I don't like what they did with him as well. Like, well, we'll talk about that because I really, we can talk about really it. like Luke in this movie. Luke is my probably my favorite character in this movie and Kylo Ren. I also really like him too, but I think Luke is my favorite character in this movie. I was about to say I was like, other than like, it's not Kylo Ren. I, I, mean, I Kylo said, I said Kylo like... Ren too, but I think Kylo Ren is my favorite out of the whole trilogy. But like in just this movie, I think Luke is my favorite character. Okay, um, okay. And we'll we'll get into that in a minute, but I think I think the biggest the only... thing, or go ahead. The only thing I really don't like with the whole like. I guess Luke's arc in this movie and like where they set him up at the beginning to where he ends up at is the whole throwing the lightsaber thing was kind of it was like so in your face subverting expectations instead of just because it was like set up and then they're just like oh we're going to do mm-hmm. the exact opposite of what we thought was going to happen at the end of um 7 so like yeah. I didn't like where it started but pretty much everything after that with him like not wanting to train her and stuff like that and then like slowly like realizing that like she's the answer like it was cool Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say i think the biggest problem with this movie that people perceive whether you see it as a problem or not was the subversion of expectations um the big thing with that that um ryan johnson like his kind of mantra for this movie is actually spoken by Kylo Ren. It's like, you know, you gotta 
got to let the past go, you know, burn it if you must. And, and that whole of like moving on um, and kind of the past is the past. And, you know, he, he was trying to like build a new Star Wars, give a new story um, and subverting fan expectations. And fans like for this movie had been theorizing of all the questions that J.J. Abrams left. They'd been theories, theorizing about it for two years straight, you know, analyzing everything about The Force Awakens. And, like, that's really rough for Ryan Johnson because, like, J.J. Abrams is the king of, like, the mystery box style writing and the stories that are just lots of mysteries um, that are going to be revealed later. Like, if you've ever seen Lost or really anything by J.J. Abrams, like, that's what he does. And so Ryan Johnson was put in this position where he has all these questions laid out and he has to answer them. And he gets to choose how he wants to answer them. He can answer them the way that the fans want to be answered, or he can do something new and creative that fans aren't expecting. And I think subverting expectations isn't bad, but I think to a, a certain extent, he can go a little too far at points in this movie, uh, at just like subverting expectations for the sake of it. And I think that's a lot of people's big gripe with this movie. And we'll kind of we'll talk about different expectations that he subverted. But the most overt one is the tossing the lightsaber behind the back. You know, people have been wondering for two years what's going to happen when Luke grabs the lightsaber, you know? And then he's just like, nope. Like, it wasn't what you thought was going to happen. It could yeah. have been even crazier, though. Like, it what if he just grabbed crazier. it from her and just killed her? Like, that would have been wild. And then, like, <laughs> hey. che and then, like her and Chewie are, like, really good friends now. And then, like, Chewie comes up and he's just like, what the heck? <laughs> but like what if, he's got this, what, like, inner if what if ryan did that <laughs> that would have been crazy <laughs> i want to see it now i want that just movie. kill off the main protagonist of your series yes uh kathleen i really wouldn't allow it <laughs> yeah you're right um i really don't like luke tossing the lightsaber behind the back i just don't think i don't think it tra tracks uh, but I did enjoy, like you said, Joe, I did enjoy that he wouldn't train her and then slowly realized because it kind of hit the Yoda for me. Like it was like, that's what Yoda did for him. Crazy. It just, it took a couple more days. You need to copyright that. He hit the Yoda. Yeah, hit the Yoda. <laughs> uh, but yeah. before, before and, we talk about Luke, I think we should talk about just the opening kind of sequence of the movie. Because um, I think that sure, establishes sure. a lot about what we're going to talk about, and then we can really dive in and talk about Luke and Ray. I think. Mm -hmm. um, but so, the movie itself starts with a fight on a first order. It was like a dreadnought, right? It's a dreadnought, yeah. correct. And so the resistance is fighting it, and like you got Poe facing like the whole first order, um, like just the one little, like. Uh, X-Wing, just like face yeah. the First Order, which is like yes. really cool foreshadowing of Luke Skywalker at the end of the movie, standing just one person facing down like the whole First Order. Hey, you know it's, it's a really good foreshadowing that I could talk about about Luke standing down the whole First, first, first Order? Is he, he says, says it. it. Yep. He says it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a good uh, bit of foreshadowing in this movie. That is true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, keep going, Peyton. But yeah, so like Poe, he goes, he like clears all the stuff off the top and then they send in the bombers and like the whole fleet gets like absolutely destroyed. Um, mm -hmm. But one lone bomber like gets through and blows up the dreadnought um, at the very last minute because, you know, it's like 
supposed to be like gripping action. It was a buzzer um, but then, yeah. Then it it's was. like then it's like revealed when when they jump through hyperspace later, like the first order is tracking them through hyperspace, and like that's kind of how we get the movie set up. It's the resistance is on the run from the first order, and they're trying to stay alive because the last of the resistance is like on the run. And that's can we back up the whole movie just a little bit? Um, that first part where Poe is the lone fighter. Mm-hmm. And he gets and he calls Hux. That is so mm-hmm. funny to me. Where he's just like such a good scene. He's just is Hux there? I'll hold. And the entire just entire point of the thing is that he's stalling, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the whole uh, point of like this whole first scene is just they're stalling so the resistance can evacuate their base, mm-hmm. only to be chased down the entire movie. Yes. All right. And, so like, real quick, I need to interject this here. One of my biggest grievances with this entire movie is that the concept of fuel and, like, gas is, like, introduced out of nowhere when it's never been a thing in Star Wars ever. But on watching it again, I was looking to see if there was anything, like, in the writing or, like, in the storyline to, like, explain why it's a problem at this point. But -hmm. the fact that they were stalling and stuff like that was because they had to escape, like, and, like, leave that base super, super quickly. So it mm-hmm. does kind of explain that, like, they didn't have time to, like, fuel up. It's still mm-hmm. kind of, like, a weird, like, I would say, like, weak plot point. But, like, it kind of makes sense. Or it made more sense watching it this last time. Yeah. Yeah. Are, is, so, wait, fuel... Fuel's not mentioned at all in the original trilogy. Are you sure? Like, I mean, I it feel is, like... but it's never like, okay. oh, dang, we're out of gas. Yeah, I feel like it's never been a problem, but I think it kind of makes sense that it is a problem given the fact that they had to quickly evacuate and didn't have time to like pack up all their fuel. You know, they were I'm just saying, trying to get I never, people like, out. So the it makes sense, of, I think. I've watched this movie like multiple multiple times, but mm-hmm. I never realized that and like put like two and two together until watching it this last yeah. time. Yeah, but that makes used sense to that, that used to be out. one of my biggest problems with this entire movie. Was like, are you seriously the whole plot is that they run out of gas? <laughs> yeah. It, one of my it's a weaker point i would i would yeah i'll give you that one one of my biggest problems with this with this movie is they uh, even after they go through hyper um hyperspace and they're like poe is demoted and like it makes sense like they lost a lot of people and the dreadnought got destroyed but like at what cost but then they find out that they can track through hyperspace they don't give like a good job to, to poe because if that dreadnought was there like all of them would be dead right off the bat. Mm-hmm. That dreadnought is too powerful for any shield. If that ship also them. followed yes, them through that hyperspace, also, they would have been done. Yes, it mm-hmm. would have been done, and no one addresses that. I'm like, yeah, give give your Poe a little bit of respect. Like that would have been good. What he like, did anything to because I really don't like Poe in this movie in particular. I just feel like they don't do a lot with his character, and they just make him where you don't really like. You're having to pick a side, either him or Holdo, and you know him, you don't know Holdo, but like, that's just like a whole other thing that I just don't really love Poe in this movie, and I wish Poe would have been the one to go on the mission with Finn and not Rose. I think that that would have been really good. We had talked yeah. about this before, like what we would do to like fix that whole other plot line is like, mm-hmm. instead of having Poe and Holdo going back and forth the entire time, and then like, I just see that as... You're putting like him against her, so that way you can subvert the expectations again that she's actually doing something good and like actually has a plan, but she wouldn't tell him mm-hmm. for some reason because that makes sense. 
Well, send we'll, we'll send Poe and Finn later, together. But... Send Poe and Finn together, and then you have Ray and Luke doing their same thing, and then you have like mm-hmm. this other side of the of the movies, like kind of like a buddy film between the two of them with BB-8 doing their thing, and it would have been really yeah. fun. And it I would've... think you could have had a lot of good themes coming out of that because, like, on Cantabite, the big theme is like they're talking about war and war profiteering, and um, I think it would have been way more impactful for uh, for Poe and for Finn to both come to that realization because like Poe definitely feels like the resistance or the good guys. Like he really feels strongly about that and coming to the realization that like there's really not good guys or bad guys when it comes down to like the people that are profiting off the war, you know, like they're Mm -hmm. all just buying weapons. And like, I think that could have been a really cool like story arc for him to develop as a character. And I think that could have been a really cool story if he would have been involved in that and not just complaining to hold out the whole movie. I feel like yeah. Rose has some of that same kind of sentiment, though, to where, like, she is a part of, like, the resistance and feels that they're the good guys, too. But giving that type of arc, I guess you could say, to a character that we just met uh, yeah. instead of, like, one of your main three heroes of this new trilogy mm-hmm. it would have been much more effective the other way i agree that's yeah that's the big difference is that like we already have met poe so like giving us a new and interesting arc with poe in this movie i think is really important and instead we get a fully fleshed out arc for rose and they will talk i think we'll talk about it a little bit more but like but my biggest problem with this movie is that they give rose a complete arc like beginning to end give her a complete story arc and they don't really give one to really anyone else but Luke and Ray to an extent, you know? Like, they give mm-hmm. Rose a really good treatment in this movie, which, like, isn't a bad thing. She's a new character, but it's like they kind of abandon other characters. Like, especially at the end when Rose saves Finn's life or stops Finn from killing himself, basically. Like, they choose to complete Rose's arc and not to complete Finn's. Like, if Finn would have sacrificed himself, that would have been a great completion to his story arc, you know? Mm-hmm. I've been saying they this chose since 2017. instead of his. So, Finn should have offed uh, himself. It would have been fantastic. It would have that's, been absolutely That's the great. easiest, one of the easiest ways to fix this movie. But, yeah. Um, one thing I want to say is you were talking about how Rose was with the resistance and saying, like, oh, she had to come to that realization. She doesn't know. Like, only Finn got to see that they were that weapons dealer was selling to the First Order, and the Rebels, or the Rebellion. Like, Rose was just driving the ship. Like, she didn't see <laughs> the little marketing thing yeah. when he popped it up. So, like, she didn't even get to see that. It was just yep. just Finn. All she so thinks think, is I the think, same thing that she always thought, is that, like, yes, these people are just profiting off of the first being order. evil and selling to the First Order, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so like she doesn't even get developed on Canto Bite that much. It just yeah. fleshes out her character more than her character changing. I, think. I agree with her. I don't like Canto Bite, and I think we should just throw it away and not do it. Hey, same. We'll talk about but, that uh, in a minute. That's, that's yeah, the let's, one thing let's get we have it. in common. Yeah. I, think, I think we should talk about um, Luke and Ray for a little bit, since we've kind of set like what the movie's, what's going on throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. to kind of explain yeah, the, what, they're, what's they're happening. They're kind of important in this movie, I guess. A little bit. Yeah. So, Not too much. When Ray shows up, Luke throws the lightsaber away, you know, that, that infamous scene, and then he, he runs and he goes and collects some green milk and, you know, does spear fishing Fishies. and all that kind of cool stuff. Um, 
and he refuses to train her. And so, so personally, I feel like this whole storyline between Luke and Ray, I really like it because to me, it's, it's a new story for Luke. Like, I feel like if I would have come into this movie and Luke was the exact same Luke that we saw last in Return of the Jedi, I feel like I would have been disappointed. A lot of fans would have been perfectly happy with that, and that's what they wanted, and that's why they don't like this movie. But that's really boring to me. You know, like, Obi-Wan in the prequels is different from Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. Yoda in the prequels is different from Yoda in the original trilogy. As time passes, characters change based on what's happened over time. And so, like, I think we needed to see a different Luke, you know? Um, so then I guess you can make the argument that they take it too far. Um, ah, I was going to say I don't that. think so. I believe we needed to see a different Luke. I think they took it too far. Like, I think if, if it was mellowed down just a little bit more, it would have been good. For me, at least. Like, mm-hmm. this is the first time we've seen Luke, like, do something besides just stand there since Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the character in Return of the Jedi, for me personally, like, I could not see how, even based on instincts alone, where he goes and tries to kill Kylo Ren, like, I, I don't see how that is possible from what we saw in, in, Return well, of the Jedi. The guy that chucked he, his lightsaber away. He thought away. that's what he had to do, but he couldn't but the guy do it. But the guy that chucked his it. lightsaber away, the guy that chucked his lightsaber away said, I will not kill my father. He is, I am a Jedi like my, my, my father before me. Like that, to, to him even thinking for the slightest moment that he needs to kill this guy. Well, I think you could not. say the same thing. Because like, so you could say the same thing about Obi-Wan. And like, Luke has just like... He is very worried because, because Kylo kills like all the Kylo kills younglings, right? Like he, he does the same thing as Anakin. Kylo so Luke Kylo feels, took some of them. He took some then, on his side, but he killed most of them. That was yes. like holding and burned down the temple. Like he did what Anakin did, but he's I think he's like way more evil about it. Like he, he doesn't really feel bad about it, you know? Um I think the difference is, is that like, Kylo did this after Luke tried I, to kill him. I get the argument you're trying to make, Peyton, to where, like, they both did, like, evil things and, like, were actually turning to the dark side. And, like, Obi-Wan did what he had to do even though Anakin was his Padawan. And mm-hmm. Luke's in that same position with Kylo and felt that this is what he needed to do. But Obi-Wan did what he needed to do after Anakin had done all the, like, the bad things that he did, killing the younglings, all that stuff. Luke, I guess you could say, like, tried to get and ahead Luke of the curve. Luke tried he to was, get ahead of the was, curve. Yeah, he was trying to prevent, prevent Kylo from going bad. But like, then he couldn't do that. Like, he physically couldn't. Like, that's the whole point: is that he was gonna kill him. I'd say it makes but sense. But he couldn't bring for, himself to because of how powerful Luke is with the Force and stuff like that. That he could be certain that this is the path that he's going down. But mm-hmm. then there's still the side of him that knows who Kylo is and his relation to him and stuff like that and his relation to his parents and everything and what all that would mean and the ramifications of it all. Mm-hmm. And then that's why he couldn't do it. And that's like, it brings up the conflict that's 
in like that relationship. Yeah. I think Okay, but at the same time in in episode 6, he sensed that Darth Vader had good in him. Darth Vader. People that have said that is like the worst Sith of all time, second worst Sith. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Nah, he still got good in him. He has conflict." Ray sensed that in Kylo. Like if you're saying he's if Luke is so much powerful in the Force and, and able to see that, I, I don't think that's just something that he would do. Well, I think that also kind of has to do, like, uh, the big part of Luke's arc in this movie is, is he believes that the Jedi should die. You Correct, know? And, uh, and I am agreeing with that. Yeah, and that's, I think that's a good, I think everything that happens with him and Kylo furthers that plot line, you know? that the Jedi should end, that the Jedi have always viewed themselves as like righteous and doing the right thing and preventing evil. But then like the whole point is that like both sides view themselves as good, you know, that's kind of the big, one of the big themes of this movie is that there really is no good and no bad. It's all about perspective, you know, and that's kind of the same thing we see on Canto Bite. And so like, I don't know. I just, I, I agree that, Luke wanting to kill um, Ben Solo is kind of extreme, but I don't think that takes away from the fact that Luke is a really good character. You know, I I agree that that's a little crazy, but like, I think just his character of him not wanting to train Rey because he doesn't want more Jedi. Like his his whole goal in this movie is to just. He just wants to die, you know, mm-hmm. and he wants to stay out of everything. He failed Ben. He failed Han. He failed Leia. And so he doesn't want anything to do with anything. You know, that's kind of like his whole story when she meets him. But then he grows over time and, and grows to realize that she is a really good middle ground. Like he he senses like and sees that there's dark in her like there's evil in her that's one of the first things he realizes you know when she's sitting there meditating and she like goes straight to the dark you know mm-hmm. but he realizes that if you get rid you still need someone there to bring balance but you have to kind of pull from both sides you know and he kind of comes to that realization that like and, and talks about how like the jedi and the council and all that stuff like forever ago like they were all wrong Mm-hmm. And I just think like that's a super interesting way to take him. I don't think Ryan Johnson did it the best way possible, you know, but I don't think it's bad. So I'm going to say something really, really weird here. I like that part. It, it, the only problem I have with Luke is that he went and tried to kill Ben. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of him, like being reluctant to train Ray, him cutting himself off from the force. Like it kind of all checks out, mm-hmm. but that it just from the first, it just, I don't, I don't see that that's the only big that's the biggest problem i have with him yeah which is really like it's kind of a just a turn out of nowhere that i enjoy all of luke except for that that but it is what it is mm-hmm. it is what it is but yeah it could uh, also just be star wars <laughs> pulling the classic thing that it does to where it just gives you a major plot point and stuff at times or it gives you details and bits of information here and there and stuff like that and it's just like yeah this is what it is and then doesn't really explain it or give enough backstory on it or anything like that 
So yeah. maybe we need hey, if if it maybe had more we backstory. Need more, we need more explanation of all of Kylo's training and all of the time that yeah, they spent together. And stuff I think like that's that. what we needed. I, I need less time on Canto Bite, more time telling me about Ben Solo ben. and Luke Skywalker. Like that'd be really good. Because would, if, if you do that, it makes Luke's conclusion to his arc at the end of this movie much more impactful. And then mm. if we find out the real reason that Ben Solo turned into Kylo Ren, it makes his redemption far better. Later, mm-hmm. yeah. I would agree with that. I would say that if that if that is one way we need to do it to where we get more Kylo and Luke training versus mm-hmm. Canto, Canto Bite, I'm good with that. Yeah. And then I think the last kind of one of the last big things from Luke and Ray is she has the force vision while she's on the island. Um, and like the big reveal there is that her parents are nobodies. You know, that's another yeah. one of um, Ryan Johnson's themes in this movie is that, you know, anyone can anyone can be a Jedi or anyone can be force sensitive is kind force. of one of the things that he's. Yeah, wanting broom to establish kid. in this movie. Come on, so you broom got, kid. Like, you know, you got the broom kid at the end, and establishing I saw the raid. Some, I saw some rumor on Twitter nowhere. the other day saying that the trilogy of Ryan Johnson movies are going to be about Ray training the broom kid, and I was like, no, they aren't. <laughs> no, they're not. Definitely not. No. And I was like, I'm kind of intrigued, but also like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, now I wouldn't be surprised if it's about young force sensitive people who like don't come from families of Jedi and they're like learning their way kind of on their own. That'd be kind of a cool little story, you know? Well, I mean, technically you're not supposed to have families if you're a Jedi. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's like, that is one thing that kind of bothers me about the star Wars movies a little bit is that like the ones that we have, the Skywalker saga, it's about, the massive like the Skywalker family, the super powerful family, and then again the Palpatine family and mm-hmm. like how they're just this lineage of Jedi and Sith and they're like just these very powerful bloodlines. And it's like the whole point of it is that like, you know, there's not supposed to be bloodlines, you know? Like Star Wars, a big part of it is that like anyone could be force sensitive. Like that's really cool. Like especially when you're a kid watching this, you're like, oh that'd be so cool if I could have the force. And, you know, so that was, that's when we talk about next week, when we talk about Rise of Skywalker, like, I hate that they made her a Palpatine. I saw it coming from a mile away after the backlash of The Last Jedi, but one of the best and my favorite subversions in this whole, whole movie of The Last Jedi is that her parents are nobody. Like, that's one that I'm glad that we didn't get a reveal in this movie, that it was going to be someone, you know? So, I will say that the Sith can have a bloodline. It's the Jedi that aren't really supposed to have a I know. bloodline. Yeah. I know. Sith so, ain't got like, no rules. <laughs> yeah, Sith, I know. Sith does but have still, rules. But... but still, I don't think the Sith... I, I, I'm saying I, I don't think our main protagonists need to come from someone we know. Like, that, I feel like yeah. that's just silly. Like, they can just be a cool character on their own. I don't need her to be a Palpatine. But yeah. watching this movie in retrospect and knowing what we know about the Rise of Skywalker, the fact that she does go to the dark side, like, right away... Um, is like a cool kind of little hint that she's from a dark bloodline, you know? Mm-hmm. And then also Snoke at one point, he uses force lightning, you know? And 
the only person that we've ever seen like just use force lightning was like Palpatine, you know? Yes. Um, and then I guess Duke who did too, didn't he? Uh, I think so. I think yes. he might have done a little bit. Yes, he did. But he the did. one that we most prominently see is Palpatine. Like that's really just mm-hmm. kind of like a Palpatine thing. And then Ray does it in the next movie. So like Snoke using it, like you could be like, oh, that's like you know, it's Palpatine or whatever. So you can kind of like. I don't think that those were intentional. I don't think Palpatine was ever supposed to come back in the third one originally. But like you can kind of like put those there and be like, oh, maybe that's what it was alluding to, even though I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anything else about Luke and Ray, at least the training part, um, like in kind of the majority oh. of the movie? There's some funny jokes in there. Little little moments. Yeah. I like I like the jokes. I was also gonna the, say the reach out part where then he hits her with the with the stick is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty funny. And then um, I also love when she slashes the rock with the lightsaber and it goes right ooh. through like the little cart thing that the people are pushing on the <laughs> island and they're just like, What the heck? Yeah. I was gonna talk about her using the lightsaber. Um and and the way she looks like she's using it is very reminiscent of how Kylo uses it with the broad backhanded strokes. Uh, it's because that's literally the only person she's ever seen use a lightsaber. But as soon as she went into the back, I was watching the movie today, and as soon as she went into the uh, the rear, the back grip, I was like Ahsoka because she's just awesome. Um, little little Clone Wars there, but it is what it is. <laughs> Coming. <in. laughs> I've never seen it, but I've seen enough clips of the sh- of the show that I knew that's where you were going. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. the one other thing that I really like from this little island in the water is like this uh, uh, there's a really great scene of fan service and like i'm not a big fan of fan service especially in the rise of skywalker because it's so bad there's so much of it but this whenever the when r2 plays leia's message that is a great example of how to use fan service effectively in a movie like that is great fan service and like showing something from the original trilogy that makes you like nostalgic but it impacts the characters it progresses the plot like that i think was really great to include and that's where i wish all the fan service in star wars was like that you know stuff that sure it's like oh cool i remember that you know but it's moving the story forward and not just there for the sake of being there you know yeah 100 yeah. yeah i'll agree with that i'll agree with that so that was kind of the last thing i wanted to talk about while we're talking about this little water island. I mean, I um, think we also need to bring up, if we're talking about Ray and Luke, we need to bring up the Ray, Ray and Kylo Ren little thing mm-hmm. going on. They got where their force timing, like force yes, space force timing. Time. Mm-hmm. Um, Super another cool. great joke, even though it wasn't really intentional, it just become, it became a meme afterwards. It really did. Um, there was, there's a couple memes. Ben uh, Swallow. This one. Yes. Ben Swallow. Yeah. Sure. Um, the sacred, ben. the sacred text. <laughs> That was a good shirtless one. Kylo Ren. Shirtless Kylo Ren. Oh my um, goodness! My, my favorite a... part of that that one is um, <laughs> Ray going. Do we have to do this right now? And him going. Yeah, I don't really want to do this either. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, um, it's kind of a weird like. There's really not a lot of explanation until later as to why it's happening. Um. So like when I first saw the movie, I was really confused. Like, why? And, and I'm glad that, you know, they kind of reveal it later. But it is like a new sort of force thing that we see, you know? Like, the fact that they can see each other 
but they can't see each other's surroundings, but they can still kind of interact with each other. It's like really weird, like force power, but it's a way to give us relationship and character development between two characters that are nowhere near each other and that are like opposites of each other. And you know, they're supposed to be rivals and that whole thing. And so I think it, it's a good storytelling element. Like I think it works. I liked it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I thought the sound Um, editing was cool. (laughs) The sound mixing was cool. (laughs) Yes. Um, I can say this real quick. It's going to be a little quick detail. Uh, with Luke and Ray, we also got it for sure uh, that Anakin did bring balance to the force. Luke was like, it brought balance to the force for a little bit, but he brought balance to the force. You can't like completely stop there from not being balanced, but mm-hmm. Anakin did what he needed to do and he was the chosen one. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Connor. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. So, so on the other side of the galaxy like on uh, and plot plot b the b plot hey do we know this is on the other side of the galaxy it could be the planet right next to them we don't know that no we, we don't know where it is i was it's just on the other side of the film happening all at the same time is the finn and rose on canto bite and i guess i guess we should talk about that we probably don't need to dwell on it too long because we already kind of talked about it yeah but this is where when you bring up the last jedi to anyone that's a star wars fan they they're probably gonna say they hate Canobite. Like that's they, just that's just what. People if you bring say. up the Last Jedi to any Star Wars fan, they're gonna bring up two scenes. They're gonna bring up all of Cantobite, and they're gonna uh, bring up the throne room scene. Guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one is really cool, <laughs> and and one is what people tend to not like. Well, you I said know. Star Wars fans, but you were just talking about me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I, know. I bring up. <laughs> no, no, I know a lot of people that bring up the throne room scene and mm-hmm. hate the throne room scene. I know people that don't like it. Yeah, well. those people are stupid. <laughs> I have one big thing with the throne room scene, but other we'll than get that, there in a minute. We'll get there in a minute. It's fine. Uh, so the what were we talking about? Oh, Cantobite. Cantobite. So, <laughs> Cantobite. I think is a really cool location. I think Cantobite could have been so cool. Like the idea of a space casino full of like rich, scummy kind of people. Like I think that'd be so cool. I wish that, even if it's Rose, whatever, that Rose and Finn or Poe and Finn or whoever you have land there, why, I want them to just land their ship in a place that you're allowed to land it and, like, not get into <laughs> trouble. I think yeah. it would be so cool. Like, if they actually found the Codebreaker and they had to convince him to come with them and, you know, maybe had a, a small little plot line there, but, like, not just have all this forced action... I think would have been a really cool story because that's a super cool location, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think it really could have been cool, but the way it was handled leaves you with just kind of a sour taste in your mouth. You're just like, I, th- it didn't amount to anything. That whole plot line amounts to zero. They go there to accomplish something and they don't accomplish it ever. Like, they go there to find a codebreaker to break them into a ship. They find some random dude who happens to be able to do that the thing that only one person could do, and he gets them in and he betrays them, and so they end up captured, and then yeah. they have to like fight. Like it amounts to nothing, you know. And so, so I mean, it amounts to Finn versus Phasma, part. but like that's is, pretty much which nothing. Which is worse. And it's it's <laughs> lame. Um, like 
it's it just is, Finn versus Phasma. There's no is payoff. Terrible. That's the big problem. There's no payoff to that whole plot line. That's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. So, I was looking at memes for this episode. Like I typed in the Last Jedi memes, and there was mm-hmm. one that was uh, comparing things that happen in the Last Jedi to things that happen into in Spaceballs. Have you ever seen Spaceballs? That's a great movie. <laughs> But there's one direct thing, and it was the parking violations. In Spaceballs, they get a ticket for a parking violation and get in trouble. And in this one, they also got a, they also got in trouble for a parking violation. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was I, – I laughed really hard on that one, especially when you, when you brought it up. Um, but that, that thief in Codebreaker, he, he made the deal after he got caught, not, not mm-hmm. before. Like he didn't – he, yeah, he said that he, he betrayed them. I mean he did betray them. But it wasn't like he gave him up. He uh, he was gonna go do his job, and then he got caught. So yeah, but I'm saying like it's still regardless of how it happens, there's no payoff to that whole plot oh, yeah. line. Like no, no. the 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 plot line, it 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 should the payoff should be that they take down the ship from the inside, or not take it down, but make it where they can't track them and they can get away. Mm-hmm. Like that's the payoff, and there should be like a little bit of a twist. Maybe instead of them disabling the tracking, they disable the whole ship. There should be some sort of a payoff. There is no payoff at all. Nothing, nothing comes of that whole storyline. It's just filler, which mm-hmm. is the biggest problem, is that it's just something to happen in the movie. For, it's just giving Finn something to run around and do. And it's like, that's the biggest problem with it. So I wish Canto Bite, we actually had real Canto Bite scenes. Don't give me the weird horse things with the big ears and all that crap. Like, I don't need any of that. I don't need them to be in jail on Canobite, you know? I don't need Benicio Del Toro. Um, I mean... Like, you can keep in the jokes about the little dude putting the coins in BB-8. That's pretty funny, you uh, know? Yeah. But, like, give us, like, an actual master codebreaker that they have to convince to come with them. And maybe for them, for them to convince them to come with them, maybe they have to do something... For him to come with them or something, you know, like yeah. you can do something really interesting with that location, but all they did was just stuff to occupy runtime. You know, they're just padding the runtime. And that's what I really hate about that whole plot line. Like, I feel like it could have been so cool and it's really disappointing that it's not, you know. I'd have to uh, agree with that as well. Uh, that sums that up. That whole yeah. Thing third of the movie <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. crazy but like yeah the the whole idea of like war profiteering and showing us a new side of star wars like is a really cool idea i just had don't think that good it's done right it it has it has it had, such, it had a such really potential. good potential such it potential just, it didn't do it very well yeah and then at the same time as this you've got plot line c with poe and, and holdo and Leia. And hold yeah. Yeah. And like... The fun one. And so so Leia is out of commission because she got... Uh, well, I guess we should talk about the Mary Poppins scene for a quick second. I was second. about to say, I was like, we she got shot into space. That. She well, got shot into space. I think we were coming coming to it, you know? like mm-hmm. she, when, she got shot into it space. Was, it's right after they found out. We're not talking about out. this in order. You're right. Yeah, yeah we're just we, we're we, bouncing we, around. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, this is right after they figured out that they can uh, they can track through hyperspace mm-hmm. so uh, you know they go and do it and then kylo ren coming around and uh he blows up the little 
hangar for all the X-Wings, A-Wings, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then comes around, is coming to the front of the ship, and he uh, he senses Leia on there, his mother. And he's going to go pull the trigger, and he can't do it. And I think you were talking about it a lot, or for a minute there, Peyton, last week, um, about how he him killing Han... And like he, this conflict was still there, so that's why he couldn't kill his mother. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, so I mean, he can't he can't push the button. Leia gets blown up anyways, shot out into space. I want to say, and like if oh go ahead. I want to say they had said Carrie Fisher had finished her lines before passing away uh, mm-hmm. for this movie, and I and watching this movie in theaters, I after she got blown up, I went oh that's why, uh, and I thought she was dead. I was like that's it, there we go, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was not. I, I firmly believe that after Carrie Fisher passed away, that they should have reshot some of the stuff with her at the end and, and like taken her out and just let her die. I think they should have let the character of Leia die there. Mm-hmm. She's um, in, I, like, I agree, but she's also like in so much of the third act. I mean, and not then, like the whole not the whole really. scene with like you, her and Luke and stuff like that is like you can pretty good, <laughs> but you can get rid of that. Like you don't need that. They can they could have found other ways to tell that story. I think that when when she died, I think that the best way to honor her, honor her character, and just in general, I think from the beginning she should have died. You know, I think in the original script when they were writing it this fake out death is the stupidest thing ever. Like personally, me, for me personally, say... when we're talking about ways that would make this, we would redo this movie to make it better. I would say, I think she needs to die there because I just think that that makes, I think that makes it a lot better of a movie. You know, I would say get rid of that entire scene. Like just don't have anybody die there and, uh, and have her, place somewhere I th- I in the end i think i think either she lives and doesn't marry poppins back in yes or she dies i think i think the i think the fake out death is just the fake out death I don't, is, is i don't weird like for me. fake out deaths there's so many of them rise of skywalker but i'm not a fan of star wars fake out deaths yeah i i can see that but we need to uh take a mo- moment and pour one out for my man admiral akbar he finally he died. Yeah. He, he uh, gone. What a legend. That had people angry. Ah. They were just like, oh, you're just going to glance over that? All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Admiral Akbar. He was, he, was, he was a good one. He was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm But sad. continuing on po, with the movie. Poe and Holdo. Poe and Holdo. Is, is the big plot line that comes out of that. Because Leia's out of the equation. Holdo's next in charge. and Which, which Poe thought he was going to be next in charge. Poe was like getting all mm-hmm. ready to be like, I'm next in mm-hmm. charge. Like, someone wouldn't inform him that he was next in charge right before the mm-hmm. meeting. Like, they're going to do it during the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so a lot of people have a problem with this in that, like, Holdo doesn't tell Poe the plan. I disagree with that up until the coup i think her not telling the plan for the majority of the movie is totally fine she has no reason to tell him the plan 100 you know i agree and so so i agree with that up until he mutinies 
once he mutinies, then then you tell him the plan. Like at that point, it's like yeah. Now you're just her not telling him has not. That's not even her character. That's just the story being like it's more padding the runtime. Like that's exactly what it is. You know. So I have I have one thing with it. Um, see, I've always chalked it up to this is like hyperspace hyperspace tracking is a new thing. Like they mm-hmm. said, they're tracking us through hyperspace. But do you know how easy it would also have been for them to just have a traitor on the ship? And mm-hmm. that's what I always thought. Hold thought was just like, there's a traitor on the ship. I'm not telling anybody my plans. You know, like it's on a need to know mm-hmm. basis, and he doesn't need to know. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's especially what I chalked it up to. He just, especially after he was just responsible for your losing like your entire military. I mean, like at the same time, everyone that they had, they're all dead. At the same time, back back into what I was saying at the beginning, he's also responsible for the reason you're not dead right now. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's it's if you, if you're gonna be like, it's because our fleet's dead. But like, you would be dead if your fleet wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. So it, your fleet still would still would be dead. Yeah, but it make it makes sense from like there might be a traitor on the ship, and it's I, not because she's mm-hmm. mad at Poe for anything because yeah before she decides to stay back and everything like that, she's like, oh, I like him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the... Only the people that need to know need to know, and Poe's not one of those people until exactly. he mutinies. <laughs> yes, I, I think... Yeah. Then, then he needs to know. <laughs> yes. Because he's about to do something stupid. <laughs> yes. At, at the mm-hmm. mutiny, she should have been like, y'all, wait, wait, wait a minute now. This is what's going hold down. Up, hold up, hold up, hold <laughs> up. Honestly, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take it a step step uh, back. I think when he found out that they were fueling the ships, that he should uh, hold should have told him. Yeah. So like the mutiny didn't take place. Like, I think yeah. when he found out that they were fueling the transport ships, mm-hmm. being like, we're putting cloakers on that. They're not focusing on on things leaving. They're gonna focus on the main ship. Yeah. We have a like that is something that you boom, and then mm-hmm. you don't get. Yeah, I at think that point the, I feel like everybody on the ship should know because you got to be like, pack your bags, we about to get out of mm-hmm. here. <laughs> like, how did not I, every like how did everybody not know at that point when you're like fueling up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think the the other big thing from this that we should probably talk about is at the very end. Like we're skipping a little bit, but I want to know how you guys feel about Holdo going going light speed through the ship okay so i wasn't in the theaters i was like this is the coolest thing ever because it looked awesome <laughs> like come on it you does. know me you know really me cool. like it looks good i straight up want a canvas photo of that of all like of them breaking because that is just it is so cool to look at but then i started thinking it, it is, over it and i was like this kind of doesn't make sense but that's when I learned more about hyperspace. And now... <laughs> uh, and so... We're about the, to get nerdy. I am about to get a little nerdy. Okay. What, what she... Pos- <laughs> so what, what, pretty much what she did was she used the entrance velocity of her going into hyperspace and she just hyperspaced right next to that. So she was using her entrance and exit velocity because we see that the, the ship itself speeds up into hyperspace. Like it mm-hmm. has to speed into the, the hyperspace lane. Like there's lanes mm-hmm. and stuff, and so, mm-hmm. so she's using that entrance and exit velocity to break all of those ships, and I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, 
I think. So, so what this I would man, have rather this man is watching this movie is like right I, now, like a math formula. Yeah, he's 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 getting nerdy. My answer to this is, uh, I don't think it should have been Holdo. I think if you're gonna keep Leia alive, have Leia do this to save her resistance. I feel like that's a a good conclusion too. Back it up. I'm gonna go straight fan service. Make it Admiral Akbar. Right before he does it, just say it's a trap and just bah. Make it happen. No, I see. I don't like that as much as Leia. I think if because so this is where in the theater when she came back alive and then it's at the end and someone has to stay with the ship. I was like, okay, th- this is where they're gonna kill. Because the whole time going in the movie, I was like, they're they're gonna kill Leia. Like the actress died. It's unfortunate, but they're gonna have to. She's gonna have to die in this movie. Mm-hmm. I went not expecting it. So when she didn't, when she married Poppins, I was like, oh whoa, crazy. She's gonna die later. And then this, I was like, oh, she's going to sacrifice herself. That's a cool way to end her story. Like, all right, giving herself up for the cause. Like, that's very princess, you know, General Leia. Like, that's, you know, that fits her story. That fits her arc. That fits her character. So I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. And then it's Holdo. And I'm just like, I, I don't love that. You know, I, I wish it would have been Leia. And, you know, regardless of whether they light speed through or she does something else, like, I don't, I don't really care. But, like, if that was Leia, I think I would like it a lot more. Because, like, I don't care about Holdo at all. This movie does oh, yeah. nothing to make you like Holdo. No, she's kind of the kind of the bad guy for part of it. She's, and she's you a find out she's good the whole time. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I don't care. You know? It does, it does nothing for me. So. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Joe? I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. <laughs> I think it's cool too. Oh, I think it's cool. I just I'm kind of in like my, I'm kind of in my Connor mindset right now, where I was just like, it looks cool, and like, yeah. It's hey, it's because I went too nerdy, so you had to bring it back with just the, it looks <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, it's all it's all about the balance here. So, I think we should I think we should backtrack just a little bit to like right yeah. after the mutiny. Um is the throne room scene. So maybe we should talk yeah. about the throne well, room scene the throne for a minute. Well, the throne room scene also happens during uh, the Holdo thing. Throne mm-hmm. room scenes... Like, That's all happening at the same yeah. time. It's all building and building and building, and then everything... I mean, all of the plot lines are kind of escalating at the same time, where you have the throne room scene is going on. Holdo's about to do her light speed thing. Rose and Finn are about to get executed. And it's like all building to like the one point to where when Holo does her thing, that blows up all the all the ships and everything like that, and then leaves it to where Finn and Rose can escape, and then it's like the end of the throne room scene. So it's mm-hmm. all kind of going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so back, the throne room scene, throne room scene looks scene. cool. Oh, it looks cool. It looks amazing. It's uh, a super cool like set piece. Oh. Um, like the all red and like Snoke being like a Hugh Hefner type character. Like I don't really mind it. It's kind of cool with with the gold uh, with the gold robe. <laughs> the gold. The entire mm-hmm. the entire point of Ray going there to is to uh, to make she sensed the conflict in Kylo Ren when when they touched mm-hmm. hands uh, earlier in the movie. Um, and so he's like, she's like, I'm gonna go put him on my side. And when they're walking down the when they're going down the elevator, he was like. Yeah, I sensed that you were gonna turn bad, and I'm gonna put you to my side. And it was like, ah, okay. So y'all both have the same agenda to get each other's on each other's side. That's fun. That's mm-hmm. fun. Um, and then we get Snoke messing with uh with Ray, 
and just showing how powerful of a force user he is. Um, holding her up in the air like that, mm-hmm. you know, grabbing the lightsaber from her mid force pull and just clacking her in the back of the head. Um, and just good, good old bonk. Yeah. Being able to just <laughs> chuck her around the room at will. Uh, He's very I, strong. He is. And then like we get Kylo betraying Snoke, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people didn't like. A lot of people didn't like that they were setting up Snoke as the big bad and the Force Awakens, and then they just kill him. Um, personally, I didn't have a problem with this. Um, I only have a problem with it after finding out what happens in The Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Um, and I can, I can tell you why. Because, like, so I think that... Snoke dying is good if Kylo Ren is our main bad guy in the next one. Because the whole trilogy set up for, for Kylo Ren to be our big bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a, an easy way for us to have Kylo Ren become the new big bad is for our current big bad to die. Like, that's, that's the easy way for it to happen. So I don't mind that Kylo kills his master, because that, that's something that always happens. The apprentice always kills the master. Oh. Oh, Joe's calling. Joe is gone. All right, we're going to take a a brief intermission here. I think Joe lost power. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Joe's power power went out. Um, Oh, yeah, baby. So that threw... that threw a little wrench in the works for for what was happening. Uh, what what was the last thing you were there for, Joe? <laughs> um, I said something about good old bonk when like ah, Snoke yes. um hits Ray okay, with the okay, lightsaber, lightsaber, and then yeah, <laughs> my room went dark, and I was like, oh, I'll still be fine. Like my my audio's still going, and then I was like, oh, this this Wi-Fi call is about to break out, and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So Connor and I were so still recording and we were talking about um we were talking about Snoke. Snoke. So, yes. all right, all right. so I think I that's where we say, should pick up. I want to save something real before that. Um, yeah, go ahead. So man. on my Zoom on my <laughs> Zoom panel, I could see all three of you and it was just Peyton talking and all of a sudden Joe Joe just went <laughs> black. I was just yeah. gone. <laughs> I saw Joe's power go out and I was just like talking, hoping that he'd be able to get back in the call. But like his lights just went out, and I couldn't see like a silhouette of Joe or anything. It was just a dark room. <laughs> it was really funny on mine because there was just this red bottom, so I could see like Joe's torso, and that's it. I could see like the that's... chair, and that was all. Yeah, it was so funny. all you yeah. had was the light uh, on my computer screen. <laughs> so, so now we've hopped on a phone call to try to finish up recording because you know what, podcast comes first. You know. Yes, always. Come on now. <laughs> So, uh, so I'll, I'll keep kind of going because we were we were having a good little conversation about Snoke we and were. Kylo. So we were. I'll, I'll catch you up, Joe. Um, I was saying that I, I actually personally, I w- really liked Snoke dying until Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker made me dislike Snoke dying, and here's why: Snoke being turned on by his apprentice is that's what happens with the Sith, right? Like that's, that's kind of always what happens is the the apprentice turns on the master. That's, you know, tradition. So it's going to come at some point. Um, 
But like Kylo from the beginning was marketed as the big bad of this series, not Snoke. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Darth Vader for Palpatine, you know? Like he was marketed as the big bad guy and then Palpatine kind of comes in later. Like personally, I was really okay with Kylo killing Snoke to allow Kylo to be the main bad guy in the third of the trilogy. And so I was really, when this movie came out, I was okay with Snoke dying. You know, it didn't bother me that much. I was like, I I don't really care. I don't even know who he is. That makes room for Kylo. Kylo's supposed to be the one I'm invested in. He's got a great arc already. He's a great character. You know, um, Adam Driver's a great actor. He's the bad guy I want. I don't care too much about Snoke. But when Rise of Skywalker comes out and introduces a new big bad in the third one, they just replace Snoke with Palpatine. I then don't like it because I'm like, if you want someone there to be big and bad behind the scenes, just keep it Snoke. There's no reason to bring in Palpatine. I agree with that. That's kind of my, that's my opinion. Like, I I really think it's cool that he turns on it. Like, maybe not cool because, you know, he kills him and everything. But, like, I think that's (laughs) a good little character development. Like, it's building a better bad guy. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I was always so, I was always kind of mixed on it, but it definitely is worse when you look at it and think about that choice after watching episode nine. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I think, and we'll talk about this next week, like episode nine, it retcons so much in The Last Jedi that I think The Last Jedi did well. Like it retcons the stuff that The Last Jedi did good just to appease fans and it really annoys me so we'll talk about that next week but yeah i enjoyed snoke dying uh one because it was <laughs> awesome like did you like the lightsaber went through him and like it's so cool it, it looks very good it looks this amazing. whole movie looks so good oh yeah 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 i absolutely to, love I, how that. how when the um i'm pretty sure connor was just about to say this and i took it from him but it is what it is when the saber pulls through Snoke and actually cuts him in half, and oh, Ray yes. just reaches up her hand and catches it. I was just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's about to go down." <laughs> that that oh, is yeah. almost as cool as when Kylo throws the lightsaber and, or Ray throws the lightsaber. One of yeah. them throws the lightsaber, Rey and the other one it. catches it, ignites it, and turns it off, and like oh, it yes. leaves the hole in the dude's head. It's the oh, best. Yes. so cool. It's the best. That is. Oh. This part of like this fight has some of like the most gruesome things happen to these guys. It's great. Like, like that's one of them gets thrown in like it looks like a the garbage disposal and just pieces and pieces just come out of him. Like, yeah, <laughs> come out of the fan, and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> uh, it's dark, but it's great. But it looks really cool. The colors look cool. The biggest problem with the throne room scene is like because like from a movie making standpoint, like it's all going to be choreographed and like you can't have all of them attack them at the same time because that doesn't work for telling the movie, you know? So you have to have them fighting one of them at a time. But when they show like the big zoom out scenes, you just have dudes like spinning around on their own. (laughs) They're just kind of like (laughs) off to the side, spinning around. And that's the biggest problem with this scene. I think just from like a visual perspective, it's like if these guys were all, they would be attacking them at the same time. They would all be oh, fighting at the exact oh, same time. Oh, 100%. But from a movie side, you can't do that, really. It doesn't, it doesn't work as well. So you kind of have to have yeah. them coming in in, in waves. So, so I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, because that's the only way they can really do it. When you bring up this throne room fight against the guards, people will talk about two things. They'll talk about Ray being able to kick three people at once. 
which doesn't happen. And they'll talk about the missing, the just random disappearance of a blade. Um, and when she drops the lightsaber and catches it and then cuts, it cuts the guy in half. They'll talk about that, that, that one right there. And they'll talk about the, how she kicks three dudes at one time. First off, she doesn't kick three dudes at one time. She kicks one and he hits the other guy causing, causing two of them to fly away. And the third one literally just spins around and and goes for another attack. Like they're like, he, she kicked three, but like the third one spins around and then uh, about stabs her. So she doesn't Mm -hmm. really kick three. But the second part, and this is the part where I was talking about earlier, how I don't like the part in this, in this throne room scene. And I don't know if I just didn't see it or whatnot. It's when the one guy splits his one blade into two and he's fighting Ray. And then all of a sudden he only has one. Like it's not the long one. It's just a short one. Like Mm -hmm. it just disappears. And I don't know where it went. But it doesn't really make sense because that's just he would have been yeah that's just that's a good old continuity error yeah it's a good old continuity error but it's like a big one because when he puts her in the chokehold he would have been able to stab her with the other knife like yeah I think that's just then, a matter of a scene getting left on the cutting room floor and they miss it when they're going back and watching through because yeah. I imagine they originally filmed a way that he lost the blade you know in one of their many takes. He lost Maybe. the blade, and they just don't include that bit. Um, yeah, when they should have, um, you know. But but then it goes into where she disengages the lightsaber and she drops, which I've never understood that because she was blocking the blade with the lightsaber, and if she had turned it off, the blade would have hit her. Well, she moves out of the way, but like she moves, and his stroke finishes, and she comes around from behind. Yeah. Which is something that I wondered why people don't do that more with lightsabers. Like, I've always thought, like, before this movie came out, I was like, if I was fighting with a lightsaber, I would, if we're in a standstill, I would, like, move, retract the lightsaber, be able to get out of the way, and turn it back on. Like, the fact that they go away makes them so, like, there's so much, like, um, oh, yeah, nuance no. to how you can use them. And so, so this fight's kind of the first time we actually, be like, really see that for the most part, you know? You don't see so that a lot in Star Wars. My biggest thing is, like, when going in for an attack and you see like someone's coming up to block it, why don't you just disengage it and then move like you can can you finishing like you're using your lightsaber and then engage it again? And it yeah. would just I feel like it would miss the light. They should use that more. Like turning it on and off should happen more often, I feel like. Oh yeah. Like they use it like a, it's a sword that can't retract. When in reality, I feel like if you were actually fighting with it, you'd be retracting it a lot more often oh, in combat. One hundred percent. And it would take so much more skill to be really good with a lightsaber. I think that'd be cool to see more often. I, I would too. Okay. But. So, while but anyways, all of that's great, we still have the entire Battle of Crate to talk about. Yeah, we should, we should go do Crate. Like the whole yeah, third act of the movie. <laughs> all right. In my, notes, in my notes, I write, Battle of Crate is lit. It is. It is. <laughs> All right, and that's all we have for you this week. Great. That's all you. That's all we need on crate. That's great. It's lit. It is. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. It's, it looks really good. Like you've got the yes, it does. the red peeking through the salt layer, like on the planet. They really committed to red for this movie, so like I'll give them that. They did. There, there's a lot of red, uh, like on the poster too. You know, mm-hmm. like the, that was that was the color for this movie. I feel like 
when the movie originally came out, it might be a weird Mandela effect, but I feel like part of me remembers when the movie opens, the original, like, when the Star Wars logo appears, like, part of me feels like at one point that was red, but I know it wasn't. No, it definitely wasn't. No, like, I, I have to a agree A weird Mandela that. effect, like, I feel like I remember that, but it, it totally wasn't. No, nah. I, I would I would agree. I, I I believe I remember that as well. But it didn't happen. I know it didn't happen, but I just I feel say, like that would have been crazy. I'm looking at the poster right now. I have the poster for mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, and honestly, this is a sick poster. It's the best poster. It is. I think it's easily the best of every Star Wars poster. Oh, yeah. guaranteed. Like, you, you have... Ooh, it's just a good poster. All right, Battle of Crate. We got to talk about that. All right, Battle of Crate. We're, we're getting too <laughs> distracted. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. So, you know, they got the 13 light speeders. The ones that have the little sled on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Which is just kind of cool. I really like those things. Uh, and they're getting picked off one by one by the TIE Fighters. Um, and then the the Falcon comes up and, and saves them. And you get the, the nice little TikTok audio. Blow that piece of junk out of the sky. There's so uh, many good little memes in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. TikTok has had a field day with The Last <laughs> Jedi, and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> and then we get the big, the big climax where, uh, where Finn's going to go sacrifice himself and destroy the uh, battering cannon. Uh, and one thing I didn't understand watching this movie back is how Rose got to him in time. Like, he's going to go sacrifice himself, kill himself, and destroy this cannon. That's what I'm saying. They show this one, like, like, wide shot, and he's, like, pretty dang close. And then she comes out of nowhere. (laughs) She really, like, I'm talking. She is, she looks back. Like, the last we see of Rose is she's looking back, and she's headed back towards the base. Like, she's not, like, I'm turning around. Like, she has no business catching up with him. (laughs) Rose was like, you want to see some real speed? And like, and like, yeah. if if they really wanted her to save him, they could have easily just had the two of them going side by side. And then when everybody gets wiped out, she's like, "No, you need to turn back." And, and then she just know, like, like swerves into him and hits him. Yeah, out. like they could yeah. have done that. They could have made that better. Yeah. I they just and like I don't I th- like that he should have died. Yeah, they show this big died. wide shot to show everybody else retreating, and he's the only person standing up to the first order at this point. He's by himself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it would and have show... it would have been so good. I'll say it one. I'll say it once. I said it earlier in this recording. Finn should have died, and it would have been great. Yes, um... it would have been a very good ending to his like story because like Finn was given the worst treatment out of everyone in this whole trilogy. It's so sad. Oh. Like he could have had such oh, yes. a good story, and I feel like this is an easy way to. It's not the best ending he could have had, but it would have been a good closing to his arc, like him him realizing what he was doing was wrong at the first order, and then him joining the resistance because he's always he's need he needs something to fight for. That's his whole thing. And he and then he finds that he can he can actually be good and you know, he doesn't have he's not who he was. Like he's not a stormtrooper. You know, he's able to fight for the resistance and be able to do good by giving himself up, you know? And one I think thing that, it would have been really cool. One thing that I really enjoy is that he constantly wants to run away. Like, he wanted to run away as a 
a stormtrooper in this movie, he wanted to run away and get in the escape pod and just go. Uh, and mm -hmm. this is like the first time. I didn't even think about that. That's like, really good. Now they, like, like, definitely, he's, he's they definitely should have killed him now. He, oh he, my goodness, they screwed it up so bad. <laughs> I didn't even hey, think about that. That's the best Joe, reason Joe, for them to I'm, kill him. Joe, if I'm coming at you with, with movies and, and how they should have done the things, that's a problem because I'm just here because it looks cool. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you don't like this movie more because this movie is the epitome of oh. looks cool. Oh, it, it looks phenomenal. I'll give you that. But it doesn't have a really good lightsaber scene. So <laughs> that's I a don't problem. know. Okay, so we're getting there. So so let's talk about Kylo Ren and I Luke. I wanna say the stupidest line in this entire movie, and this is this is the part I was honestly I was okay with Rose for most of this movie. Um and then when she saves him, she goes, I saved you, silly. This is how we're gonna win this war. Not killing what we hate, but saving what we love. And that is a flawed line. I think I almost threw up the first time I heard it. It's like, so it, bad. It, That's horrible. It's horrible. When we she see, said, I saved like, you, silly, I was people. just like, ew, this is gross. That, I don't like this. Oh, oh, there is I also 13 hate people left. She kisses him. He does not kiss her back. He does not want that kiss. He does not look happy being mm -hmm. kissed. If, if it was reversed, if he just, just like from an outside the movie perspective, if a guy was just kissing a girl and she looked like that, like she didn't like it, people would be outraged. Like that's just oh. a totally <laughs> other point. But, uh, and then we get the, the Luke and Kylo scene. Yeah. We got to talk about this. I really like this fight. Even Which, though it's so not much of a fight, I really Dude, like it. People, people have, a, people thought, people were surprised that Luke wasn't actually there. And I'm like, are you stupid? Like you they gotta, make it so obvious. The lightsaber like, that was destroyed earlier, he's using. They, he they, looks different <laughs> he he looks different like it looks like he got a haircut which like yeah he could have gotten a haircut his I'm hair's right brown now <laughs> yeah he looks he young he could have he could have he used he's using a lightsaber that was destroyed and i don't understand why then they, they didn't just make it his lightsaber like it would have made sense no no, no. For him to so be. so first i think i i actually think this is really good okay ready okay so i'm oh dude i'm ready for it so so first of all he looks how kylo ren remembers him he looks exactly how Kylo six. Ren remembers. Yep. He, he looks like in the flashback scenes, like that's how he, he, he looks like how Ben last saw him because Ben hasn't yes. seen him since then. So Correct. his look, like he just looks how Kylo remembered him. Mm -hmm. Using his father's lightsaber, I think is really good. I don't know why he's using it, but it's really good for showing more about Kylo because Kylo just saw this thing get destroyed. If Kylo Ren was paying even a little bit of attention, he would know that wasn't really Luke Skywalker. But if Kylo Ren is so blinded by his own anger and hatred that he doesn't want to see what's right in front of him. And he's instead just so preoccupied with killing him. Like, he directed the fire of all those AT-ATs. Like, and he should have died. And then he didn't. Like, that was his first hint that, yeah, okay, that he's was... not really there. Second so that hint, was my biggest thing. Like, it's like yeah. Second hint, he he looks young. Third hint, he's using the lightsaber that you just saw. Like, the whole point of that is to show that Kylo Ren is blinded by his own, by by his own ego and by his own anger and hatred, which I think is really good. It's very mm. subtle, but that's like kind of the point of all that, and I think that that's really good. 
Like, we just saw Kylo betray his master pretty much right in front of his face and get away with it and, like, do it successfully, and yet he is straight blind to this. Mm -hmm. I would have to say I enjoy your point, but it still still doesn't make sense to me. Like, yes, it, it shows for Kylo, but it doesn't show for Luke why he is using that lightsaber. Yeah, I... Like I kind of go. think it's just like um, personal preference. I don't know. Maybe he just personal likes. Preference. Maybe he just likes that blue lightsaber. No, like this he would have used the green one. That's the one he, he would. On. He would use the green one. He would use the green one. I don't know. And it and his really lightsaber. Matter. His lightsaber doesn't even get enough credit in any of these movies. Like it is Luke's lightsaber that doesn't get any credit. Anakin's lightsaber is the one that gets buried in Episode Nine. Like, but that also, make any sense. so so, but also, like, the the other thing is that um, I would say, just from a visual standpoint, a green lightsaber would not have looked very good in this final scene. You know what? <laughs> you were correct. From a visual standpoint, <laughs> that's what I was so about to say. A, <laughs> it's but from a visual it's, standpoint, it reveals a lot about Kylo. And visually, looking the blue makes more sense. From we don't really know why he decided to project himself with the blue lightsaber, um, but. He did, and that's what we get. You know, I, I don't, I don't mind it that much. I do. But I think, I think we do that, need to talk about the actual fight itself, though. Yes. Just because, like, I really like this fight because it's all about Luke fighting without fighting. You know, it's him just moving around. You know, he he doesn't actually use the lightsaber, and for mm-hmm. me, this is the perfect embodiment of the way that a Jedi should fight. A Jedi should not fight with violence first. You know, and that's kind of like a big plot point in like the prequels is like the Jedi are too quick to violence, you know, and it's like this whole standoff and, you know, just avoiding and and trying to talk, I think is kind of like a really good embodiment of what the Jedi once were before the prequels, you know, I don't think the Jedi should exist and I don't like the Jedi order. I don't think I've ever said that. Um, in one of these podcasts, but I'm making my point heard now, um, is the Jedi Order itself is a flawed system, and the best Jedi from the Jedi Order was Qui-Gon Jinn, because he listened to the Force. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> uh, when you said... when you said in order that dies. Like, in when you, timeline order. When you said um, that that that's how a Jedi should fight. Nah, that's not how a Jedi should fight because there should just be no Jedi. So. Well, I think if a, if a Jedi, because a Jedi's job is to bring, is to, to bring balance and to bring peace and to to be a mediator, uh, and to kind of like. That's speak what they got for involved. The force, that's of, what they know? got involved in politics. That's that's they became the peacemaker and all that. Yeah. But. Before all that. Ooh, like when you're talking about the old Jedi, like they just fought Sith. Like that was their job. They were like, yeah, they were peacemakers and they would restore balance and then get all that evil force out of the world, the darkness and stuff. But they like would restore balance. That's why great. That's why gray Jedi's are the best. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh. Let's see. 
What what else happens here? That's 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 the big thing. And then, then Poe and Ray meet for the first time. That happens. Yeah, that's I hate nice. That, I hate that they meet for the first time at the end of this movie. Yeah, I would definitely thought they would have met before this, but that would be like yeah. that would be like Luke and Han, or Luke and Leia, or one of those two not Luke meeting and Han, until yeah. the end of Empire. Like Luke, um. That, that's so absurd. Like, the three of them, that's my biggest problem with this whole trilogy, is that they don't get, until the last movie, they're not together. Correct. They're so silly. Like, they're, they're straight up not, they're not together in episode seven. Like, th- it makes sense that they don't meet in episode seven, because they don't meet. Like, mm-hmm. we don't see them meet. And that's, it's honestly, the reason they don't meet until the third movie, that's not even Ryan Johnson's fault. That's all J.J. Abrams for sending yeah. Ray out on this mission. Like they could yeah. have done other things, but and it's yeah whatever they meet for the first time. Force the the little broom kid that happens. Yes, um, it does. And that's how the movie ends. Yep. That is how the movie ends. Any other that, things that, that y'all want to like the movie ends. talk about here at the <laughs> here at the end of the podcast? We've definitely gone along. It's oh yeah a, a weird episode. It probably isn't going to sound the best. Like it's oh, raining sure here not. where I am. So like. I don't know if the rain's going to be picked up or not. And then we had the whole power outage for Joe. So shout out, shout out. And then I'm just shout out JEA for cutting out my power. (laughs) Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, no, this is a, this has been a fun episode, honestly. Yeah. It's pretty, the last thing we need to say, (laughs) I think the last thing we need to say is like where this is in our, in our tiers. Yeah, has has this changed your list around at all? I'm curious. Hold up, hold so, up, hold up. Let me let me pull out the notes. So from what I remember of my list, yes, I don't have my list in front of me. I never bring it with me. Come on, you know that at this point. <laughs> um, uh, from what I remember, I put the Last Jedi almost at the very very bottom. Um, I put the prequels above it. I'm pretty sure. But now that's saying now watching it again, I really like. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed episode one and two, meaning it's going above That's one and hard. two. That's not hard. <laughs> it's going above. It's going above one and two. And I said it earlier, uh, before we started recording, that I was going to put it in C tier. But kind of talking it over, I think I'm going to put it in B tier. Good deal. I think, I'm proud I think I'm that you're coming in, to your senses. I'm so proud. Hey. Hey, but just get ready for the Rise of Skywalker because I really like that one. So that's going to go straight up to so S-tier. so mine. Mine is kind of the opposite of you. Not in that this one moved down, but watching this again uh, has moved Rise of Skywalker down on my list even more. Like, this movie has made me dislike a lot of Rise of Skywalker. And so I anticipate once we do Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker is going to be surprisingly low on my list from where I originally had it. And I already had it pretty low. So, this. I think mine's still going to be the top. Watching this again made me dislike Rise of Skywalker more. I'm kind of in in the same camp as you, Peyton, where. I had Rise of Skywalker at B and I had Last Jedi at C and I feel like after watching this one and having watched Rise of Skywalker recently when it got added to Disney Plus and stuff like that, that I feel like where my list is going to end up is where those two are going to flip and Last Jedi mm-hmm. will jump up to B. Wow. Okay. So look at this. We're, I'm just, I'm, we're changing hearts, you know, one heart at a time because I... I, when The Last Jedi came out, I was one of the few people that I knew that actually liked it, you know? And so... You were, one of, the, you were one of the few theater. people that I knew that actually liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a lot of people like it, and I think people should give it a chance. It, 
it got so much hate when it came out that I think a lot of the hate is just kind of like people going with the crowd, you know? Crazy. And it's like episode three all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, anyways, I think that, yeah, that's a good way to end it, I feel like. You know, this movie, it's it's not that bad. It's got bad stuff in it, but so do all the Star Wars movies. It's got really good stuff. It's probably the best looking of every of any Star Wars movie. And in my opinion, it's definitely the best looking. I agree with um, that. It's got some great memes, you know. I know everything and I need to know about you. You do? Hey, you do. Ah, you do. You know, hey, I want to say it's got some great without, moments. And honestly, without Candlebite, I would probably put this up a lot higher. Candlebite really drags this movie down. It does. And it's so sad because it could have been so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Thank you for listening. Um, sorry if this episode's weird. You know, we're we're just having to struggle through this this summer of this quarantine stuff, but hopefully soon um, we'll be back together and be able to like get back to some normal sounding recordings, especially for next season. We're, we're um, working on it. <laughs> but but you know, thank you for tuning in and listening. Sorry if you can hear the rain from where I am, or you know hear other sounds, or if it was just awkward because you know power went out. You know. Sorry if you can hear but the piercing for- darkness of my room. thank you for sticking with us we appreciate it um be sure if you're not already to follow us on instagram at the act four podcast um and go you know go comment on any of our posts there let us know what you think of these movies like you know let us let us know what you think about the last jedi and if you agree with us or if you disagree with us you know we're interested to hear we've also got that feedback form there you can leave feedback or suggest movies for season three once we finish up with star wars and um Yeah, that's a wrap.